0: Hello, I'm Anna Raimondi, coming to you from the Angel Cooperative in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Welcome to this episode of Talking to the Dead in Suburbia. Today, our guest is my friend, Alan Menken. Alan Mankin is an American composer, songwriter, music conductor, musical director, and record producer. He is best known for his scores and songs for films produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios. His accolades include eight academy awards a tony award 11 grammy awards seven golden globe awards and a daytime emmy award oh my god is there anything else that you need in this bio <laughs> <laughs>
1: well I, I do have to say one thing about the bio is wrong i'm not a conductor
0: oh okay so, well so that's the one thing that that you're say
1: about, uh, yes but you
0: know I, what I'm if you want it to be you could be
1: no yeah. i'm terrible terrible i'm too impatient i would, i would be pushing the orchestra around as opposed to (laughs) just sitting back and listening. So anyway.
0: Well, I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have you here. Um, And I know that um, you have so much to tell us that will inspire my listeners. To me, music touches the soul. When I meditate, I put on music. It just, when I hear a certain song on the radio, it just, it can make me cry. It can make me laugh. It makes me remember, Um, you know? So to me, like the, one of the greatest universal gifts that God has given us is music because it's universal language. So I just want to know, like when you're writing, you know, the scores, you know, for a play or whatever you're doing, do you call on a muse do you bring something into you that helps you with that?
1: I, you know, yes, the more I do it, the more I believe that it comes through us. It's this kind of, kind of gift comes, comes through us. We, you know, we have our brain and it filters through our brain, but it comes from somewhere in those moments. Um, you know, as you develop your skills, you become more receptive to, anything is going to come through you and know that you can you can filter it and and feel what what needs to come through and what you know you push aside um and before I open up that portal there's a lot of questions that I have to ask what's the story we're telling who are the characters what's the world that we're in what's unique about this world that an audience hasn't heard, you know, or experienced before, you know, why would I want to hear this story sung as opposed to simply spoken? Um, because there are certain things about certain stories that really want to be sung. Um, so I ask, you know, a lot of questions before I then go, okay, I, I feel what this is. And then along with my collaborator in the room, you know, the lyricist or the book writer or the director, whatever it is, we take each song one at a time in a story or each moment and discuss what do we want to do with it, and then only then do my fingers go anywhere near near the piano.
0: You know it's so interesting because Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas I have played at retreats I listen to, and it's the music that kind of kind of takes me. You know, where it needs to be Um, that that whole production to me is very spiritual. Did you feel that when you were writing for it?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, especially because we were dealing with. American Indians and the American Indian culture. Um, And one of the things I love when I write is channeling. Another other another culture, another mindset. Um, basically taking the specifics of, of another sort of vocabulary, musical vocabulary, um, and filtering it through me. Um, in this case, it was me and Stephen Schwartz, also our, our neighbor uh, here. He's a, a Richfield resident, um, and we collaborated on that and you know, did a lot of listening to American Indian music which has a percussive quality to it. So when you, when it starts with dum, 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 dum the, um, that, that it, it, on the piano or that, that musical figure sort of comes out of the, the percussiveness of, of a Native American. And then there's a lot that's just is interpretive in it. And it was actually the very first song I wrote in that, particular collaboration so that was really satisfying
0: well that's a good song to start with what is your favorite do you have a favorite of every now
1: my least favorite question
0: (laughs) Anybody probably asks you that
1: yeah i'd be i'm really interested when other you know what other people's favorites are but for me they're all my children they're just Mm. and by by the way like children you know most of them are grown up you know, they, they, and when they grow up and go out into the world, I feel like they're not really even mine anymore. In a way they belong to other people and other people take them in and are invested in them. And I, I have, I take great pride in them and I'm happy to, you know, accept the royalties <laughs> for having written it or whatever. <laughs> but the truth is they're they each have their own life each song, each score, you know, I guess I would tend to think say that my favorites, you know, are the ones that are most successful, but not, not in every case. Um, and sometimes you just can't predict what's going to really uh, resonate in the world.
0: It's so funny, because what you're saying, I hear from artists like um, who paint, you know, they, they paint, they paint from their soul, and then someone buys it. And they have to let their babies go and grow up in a different way. And I think that's true of any part of creativity. You know, it's not just it's we create for the world. You know, it's not just for universal acceptance. It goes to each one of us so that we can accept it into our lives. So I, I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, you. Do you have um, so wait, before we even go to what you have? Can you play us a little bit? From Colours of the Wind? Uh I love that.
1: You think you own whatever land you land?
0: so wonderful. I get chills every time I hear that song. It's just, it's amazing. Thank you. So what have you been doing lately?
1: Well, we have uh, a sequel to Enchanted. Remember the movie Enchanted? Yes, I do. Amy Adams.
0: Yes, I love that movie. (laughs) It was an
1: an animated uh, ingenue who has a spell put on her and and is like, you know, dumped into our world in the middle of Times Square. um, and, uh, so, so yeah, this is, I don't know what we're going to call it right now. The, the working title has been disenchanted, but we'll see. And, um, so th- that's, uh, filming, that's going to start filming soon. The live action little mermaid is actually filming now. Um, in but L- well, everything's in the UK these days. Uh, for, I think for tax reasons as, as well as artistic, um, a uh, new animated um, called Spellbound with John Lasseter's new company. Uh, a musical of Night at the Museum, which Ooh. I'm really excited about.
0: That's fun. Um,
1: it is fun. And and we've really found some deep tap roots in telling that story. Because it's tap roots about extinction and about... Um, yeah, basically extinction and, and, and universality of all these life forms that are in the museum that, that come to life in it, um, as well as kind of a tribute to the golden age of New York, because, you know, the museum was actually, among the people who started it was Teddy Roosevelt and his father in 1877. Um, so it's sort of the gilded age of New York. A a stage musical of Hercules, um, which we did in Central Park last year, actually in 19. um, And a bunch of other things.
0: Well, so you're still doing, you're still doing. That's that's important because you can't stop because I can tell you this, your mother doesn't want you to.
1: (laughs) No, I know my mother doesn't want me to. No, because
0: your mother is saying, good. He needs to take it to the end, just like she did. Okay, because she's saying, I took it to the end, I took it to the end. And you know that she's, she's very proud of you. She's proud of all her children. Um, But she's saying, I like it because you keep on going. And she's saying, but success isn't what brings you in the money. Success is what makes you feel inside. Okay. And respect. Your mother's very into respect, your father's laughing, he's saying, I know that, I know that, I know that, Um, and and they're on each side of you, like when I was asking you before about your, your muse, you have your mother and your father coming in from both sides, okay, and she's very happy, because she couldn't really affect you that way when she was living, but she certainly can do it now. Okay.
1: She does. She does.
0: Um, now, um, completely. Um, she's also saying that, um, she wants you to know that she's around your daughter who's going through a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, she's, oh, there. she's there, but she's saying, but she needs you. She needs you and she needs your wife. Okay. Your father Over there. sitting back and wait a minute, who played the violin?
1: Well, his father did.
0: Uh, his okay. father,
1: and had the cane yes in fact there was a cane violin that my my grandfather had now all the men in my family were dentists but that was just yeah but they don't consider
0: the, themselves that's not what that's not where their no. is.
1: right but they're in, that's the russian part of their soul the violin okay and, because i'm uh, hearing
0: the violin being played okay um the violin is being played it's being played loud okay loud <laughs> so this is your grandfather Okay, um, he's saying you bring it through and you bring it up. So they're not concerned that you did not become a dentist. Okay, I
1: never, I never met no. my grandfather. I was well, named after him, but I never, never met him.
0: He's completely and absolutely around you, especially these days. Okay, who passed in February? Passed you mean this,
1: Feb- no, this No, no, Fe- in the past. Uh, oh well, my dad and his brother both died on the same day, a year apart, on Fe- um, February.
0: Okay, in February. Because, because I'm hearing, um, I passed in February, but I never really leave you. Okay, I never really leave you. Um, your father kind of goes with the flow. You know what I mean? Like he, I don't feel like he gets really hung up. He leaves that to your mother, because your well, mother yeah. talks, and talks and talks and talks and your father <sighs> holds space for her. Okay.
1: That, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way it works. Mom is, is a pretty much a force of nature that way. And dad yeah, just adored he her. Was. Like,
0: And you're a lot like your mother. You carry your mother and your father in you, but you're a lot like your mother.
1: I know, I know. also another
0: man coming through. Um, Who's Howard?
1: Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman is, was my collaborator who I wrote Little Shop of Horrors, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Howard died before even Beauty and the Beast came out. so Howard is maybe the most influential artist of our generation uh, in, in, in the field of, of musical theater and musical films. Um, and he died very young, it was, it, it was the AIDS crisis and it just was a tsunami that, you know, wiped away so many people. Howard, um, we, we visit a lot. We used to visit a lot in dreams uh, that that kind of stopped i don't know I mean maybe he didn't want to visit me anymore <laughs>
0: no i don't think that's it <laughs>
1: um but it it is amazing and it, it, it more so than any other person it's like another life began after after he was in this this form um and I know he struggles with wanting to live in the world in which his all these works of his are so important and so acclaimed and yet he didn't get to live in that world long enough um probably torn between that and I guess moving on I don't know how that works but
0: yeah but he's completely around you you know he's not going anywhere You know, all you have to do is literally say his name. And I feel like you can feel his presence. He's, he's, this is a strong energy.
1: Oh, oh yes. There was a doc, there was a documentary done about Howard. Um, It's out on Disney plus, uh, Disney plus now. Um, It's a fantastic documentary about, about him, his life, his creativity and his unfortunate and his passing uh, very emotional for me and if people are interested in howard ashman they should check check out that documentary it just under the title howard um wow yeah he he always comes through and um it's uh and i thing it's always just amazing to me and i don't know if you are if you know this or understand this i just i don't understand how it works for them I mean, part of me thinks I'm sure Howard has better things to do than to check up on me. But I guess life is life is different after we're passed. But I don't. There's so much we don't know about that.
0: Well, you know Um, what it is is you know, and 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 I say this all the time, and it's true. The energy of love is the strongest energy in the universe. So whether you think energy is God but that energy is still among and between us and it never ever dies so when we pass on that love continues and we want to be around the people who we've loved there's an attachment so people will say I don't want to bother my father like I don't know what he's doing but I don't want to bother him it's 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 not a bother they want to be around us they want to help us and they don't want to be forgotten either
1: tell me Okay, I know this is a podcast supposedly about me, but I want to see. I want to ask you so many Go questions.
0: Ahead. You can ask me. <laughs> what is an interview? Me? What,
1: okay. What is their life in quotes like? on, I I know they're sort of here with us, but that that concept is so hard to grasp. Is what is hard. what is their life like? Is there a a linear sort of forward motion to that life? like as you know
0: I can tell you what I've been told and what I see so they show me things that they do so that they're validated so if I told you that your father was climbing a mountain you would say that's not my father no but if I say to you I see your father playing the piano which is how I do see your father playing the piano like like really kind of upbeat music you know you would say oh That's my father, right? Um, So they show me that to validate. I also think they get involved in that on the other side, their passions, you know, not necessarily what they did for a living, but their passions. They're also in a place that there's no animosity. There's no hate. There's nothing negative. They're in a place of pure love. So they exist in this place of pure love. And they're just, they're joy. I mean, keep in mind, they're not in body. Okay, because we're energy. So they're in energy. And it's just it, this place of pure joy. So it does go on.
1: It's so interesting. And they, you know, like, for instance, my, 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 my mother and my father both appear in my dreams. And, and it's not like they come through like these pure celestial <laughs> <laughs> presences. sometimes they're the pains in the butt they occasionally could be mm-hmm. or, or, you know, fussy or whatever or but and there they are in my dreams as a, you know, a part of my life. Um, and I have to filter out what is me creating them in my dream and what is them really being them in my dream. Anyway, it's one of those oh, unknowns, a I difference. guess.
0: There's a difference. Okay. Um, you're not making it up. So there's a difference between spiritual visitations and You know, psychological dreams or projection dreams. Um, When it is a spiritual visitation, there is so much love. First of all, they retain their personalities. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: people pass on and all of a sudden they're so light and, and and godlike or angelic. That's not true. I don't feel that. They retain their personalities. They work on the things in their lives that maybe weren't so wonderful, but they still retain their personality. So when coming through a dream, yeah, so your mother's a little bit of nudge okay she's i mean i feel her i know you know she's a little little pushing okay so she'll come through in your dreams um and she'll still be that person but you'll feel loved so you'll wake up and you'll feel like oh mom you were here that's a spiritual visitation
1: here's another example and i'm going to say this to you and i'll say this to howard this there's no question howard was the most is the most magical voice uh, to work with as a songwriter, um, his lyrics jump off the page and, and, and a world comes through with them of specificity of emotional depth of, of, um, empathy of intelligence. They're just incredible. And I crave, I want, you know, now I have very I have wonderful lyricists now that I work with, but I still want Howard, Back in front of me, and, you know, I had the experience after Howard passed. Um, it, besides working with me, he had worked with Marvin Hamlish, the late Marvin Hamlish, on a um, musical called Smile. And um, after Marvin passed away, I was doing one of these concerts at Disneyland, a D23 concert, right? And I thought, you know, something, it would be great if I, they had one of the songs in smile was called Disneyland, I said, I'm going to perform Disneyland. I'll sing it. It's not my song, but just for Howard and for Marvin, I want to sing this song. So I took, I took out, like went to the internet and I, I printed out the lyrics to Disneyland. I knew the music, but I wanted to make it sort of my own in terms of just interpretation. And for the first time in 15, maybe 20 years, I sat in front of a Howard Ashman lyric, and it was just you know one of those moments where there's a rush, of, of just a memory of what it was like to sit in front of a Howard Ashman lyric for the first time, and with Howard in the room, and I just broke down. It just that's broke. What
0: it's all about, if they move our souls. OK, so whether and, and often it brings up those emotions and part of that emotion is I feel you here and yet I crave you, you know, um, you know, when you say his name, the word Melephilus comes through to me. It's just it's just who he is. OK, and, and I don't know anything about him. You know, I have not seen the documentary.
1: Watch it. Watch
0: it. <laughs> I don't think I get Disney, too, or whatever you speak. Mentioned Disney I,
1: Plus. You Disney don't do Plus. streaming? You don't get Netflix? And, oh, I do. Well, Disney is seven bucks a month. I'll 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 pay, I'll lend you the bucks. <laughs> <Get it. laughs> no, no, I have a better idea. I'll send you the documentary.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, okay. yeah, but anyway, you know, he comes through very almost like frosting on a cake. You know what I mean? You know, that's how he comes through, and that's how I feel like he wants to be remembered. He's the flow. Okay. But he does work through you. Okay. And it's, I know. once you recognize it, you're going to feel him a lot more. Okay. Just claim it. It's, it's what it's, you know, it's, it's important. He's so happy with what you have attained. Okay. In terms of these, you know, the Grammy, the, the Emmys, the Tonys, you know, yeah. the, whatever else you've, you know, all these big awards, he's very happy because you deserve it.
1: Okay. Oh, well.
0: But I want to ask you, what does it feel like? Like, what does it feel like to get 11 Grammy Awards? Um, I mean, that's like pretty wild.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's wild. And it's it's a little unreal. It, it feels like I've tapped it, you know, basically, I've been privileged to tap into something that's had a big impact uh, on people. Um, and, it's a little unreal. Um, truly, it is. It's. Um, I think you know when you win awards like that or you get that kind of acclaim, it it really is incumbent upon us not to take it onto ourselves. Um, that you're really doing yourself a disservice if you go, "Oh, right, this is, this is me," because in a way, it's you're getting love from these, from these people who are honoring you. I mean, there's a political aspect to it too. And there's a business aspect to it, but there's a lot of just that, that acknowledgement. And, um, you just want to give it back, uh, you know, give it back, not, not reject it, but take it in and, and give it back. It's very hard. Like the, one of the hardest things for, for me in life is getting up and doing one of those speeches. Um, because I feel like it's important that I acknowledge everyone else who was involved with that, which means instead of going up there with an open heart and just say how much it means to me, I end up going up there with a list and saying I want to thank you. And I want to thank you. And I want to thank you. And, um, which is, it's a conflict because people do want to know just in that moment, how it feels for you and how happy it makes you. And at the same time, you really, Oh, it to the people who were not getting these awards, who were part of what you did to just share it with them. So it's, these awards are a responsibility as well as a, you know, a pleasure.
0: But how much do you think I am so blessed and I have to give gratitude above, you know, Oh my God. Not only, you know, these people came into your life, you were able to collaborate with these people because you were brought together um, by the universe and, where does the ultimate gratitude go
1: yeah it, it goes to the to the universe it goes to something so much bigger than us you know i'm not a big god person i don't know what god <laughs> is mm-hmm. right i just know that um we are part of something bigger and and that's why these things are able to you know come through us When I was a kid, I was very ADD. I was um, I I couldn't concentrate at school. I knew I wasn't I wasn't going to become a musician or a composer because I wasn't practicing piano as much as I should. I I just wanted to I just was a dreamer and I would just want to do you know whatever I wanted to do, and made my parents very nervous. I actually got a peptic ulcer when I was a kid. Literally at 11, I had a peptic ulcer. Oh
0: my God, that's horrible. Yeah,
1: And then, it, you know what?
0: pushed you forward. I mean, it, it pushed you forward though,
1: in some well, way. Well, yeah, I was built be, because I couldn't accept that flow that needed to come through me. Mm-hmm. And and um, and then I went, you know, when I was in college, I went as a pre-med. I was nowhere I wanted to be a doctor. And as you know, we were in the, it was the sixties. And as as we all did in the sixties and me to excess, I began just smoking a lot of pop and, and taking these trips and doing, you name it. I did it. I was, you know, doing everything until I met Janice who, by the way, another thing about, I dreamt Janice before I met her. Um, so I knew who she was. And I, I, you know, was just, just waiting to meet her. And when I met Janice this is that we're going on 50 years together. Um, uh, that just opened me up completely emotionally. Um, and then I realized that it was not about practicing piano and learning all the notes and studying hard. It was about, Knowing that the thing that you're passionate about, um, and the thing that you want to do every day, that is what you're supposed to be doing. And the sooner you realize that, the the more you can hone that in yourself. So for me, it's all like a dream. It's like, how did this happen? You know, who is this person? Who is this person who's doing all this? But um, you know
0: what you're describing is. Is the symptoms of an old soul, okay? Um, you know, you're born into this world. You have a gift. You fight the gift. Many old souls do this, okay? They get themselves sick. Many old souls have ADHD or ADD. You know, many of them want to escape, self-medicate it. Big dreamers, okay? Um, and like you said, who is this person? You know, that's your soul saying, "Who is this person?" And what am I supposed to do with this, you know, and whether you reach the pinnacle where you're, you know, you're getting Academy Awards and stuff like that, or whether it's an old soul who helps community, it, it, it's our path, you know, and so you're an old soul, you know, and you brought it forward and you needed Janice, you needed her to ground you, you know, again, the universe brought you guys together. And then at some point you sit back and you look at your life and you say, oh, wow, this is a series of events that I could not predict, but I could dream about because yeah, the dream is yeah, in yeah. your soul.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. You know, I watch my daughters who both have big big dreams of what they want to do with their lives, but in a way, because of they look at how I did it and it complicates it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, And I can't, you can't every, when you, anyone who takes this journey really has to do it in their own Mm -hmm. way and by their own rules. And you can sort of try to gently keep them on, I think help them be on the the path they need to be on. But truth is it's their path. It's their journey. It's their, their it's, yeah, it's, I, I, um, you know, but thank you about the old soul thing. It's, um, I do feel you know, a chorus around me of, of the composers that I love and the artists that I love and the eras of time that I love. And that's one of the things that comes to my scores is you want to bring a world through so that people could sort of taste and smell and feel that world. And music has a way of sort of guiding you into another space um that's why so many musicals are not of the most contemporary musical form they pull on music that might be classical or from another culture because people want to be transported to someplace they haven't been before
0: yeah and that's why that movie midnight in paris was such a success have you seen that movie
1: you talk talking about the, the woody allen yes yeah
0: I mean, because he he was transported back in time, you know, and, you know, not only do we, are we interested in that, but because we've been reincarnated, a lot of us had lived through those periods of time. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. And it's absolutely
0: to bring it forward because it's part of our soul makeup. We were there.
1: You know what's so interesting? I don't know how you feel about this, you know we lose people and and we mourn we mourn a a person's passing yes we do but what i really mourn is not the person's passing because i feel it's natural it's what has to happen we're all going to do that go through this transition and i still will feel them i mourn that the world of that that i that was there all of everything that was in that world that will never, that I feel like will never be again, unless of course I imagine it. Um, but yes, exactly that. It's not a person as much as all the interrelatedness of a particular time. Um, that is so rich, you know, I, I I'll, I'll put it on sometimes, um, the songs, I, there's a, I don't know, a record of, of Astaire and Rogers playing some of those great old Gershwin tunes or, or, um, um, Rogers and Hart, or, and I'll go, this was the contempt. This, this is a song that my that my mom and dad fell in love to this was, the, this was their pop music. It was young and everything was vibrant and beautiful. And in that time, it was, and it always will be fresh and new in that perspective and there's but there's always a little bit of a heartache of that's not the world we're in right now. Right now we're in another world and the older we get um in a way that that the center of that world becomes younger and we who are older are sort of <laughs> holding a lot of worlds together.
0: Yeah. But you know what's sad is I find I I think it was there was a Broadway show on Jimmy Cagney, James Cagney. Is he the yeah. one saying it's a grand old flag?
1: George M. It was called.
0: Yes, it's a grand like yeah. Right. I brought I brought my old my thirty year old son to that, and he's like, "Who's this man?" He's like, he's sitting there googling it on his phone, and I'm like, "How could you not know who this is?" You know. So we have to keep that alive. Every generation needs to keep it alive, so that people do know that this existed, and this is what was brought to us, you know, you know, and music is so at a standstill right now. I don't know. I don't get music. All I know is that my kids listen to my music, you know, so they're listening to music from the seventies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Their
0: music today is, I don't know, it's not developing the way it developed in the past.
1: No, I think, yeah, it, there's, it, I mean, it's there and it's, it, but we, yeah, it's all being synthesized together in a, in, in, in the world where, I think, all the advances and it I mean social media has sort of become in a way the music of our time, and we're still trying to figure out what to do with that. What is that and it's it's a it's both an exciting new time and also a daunting new time because of um, the interrelatedness of all of this and it it feels like the world is opening up so fast
0: oh god yes now the world is blowing open completely blow we're into um a whole new part of our evolution you know as people as souls i mean you know this the whole thing with the pandemic kind of helped us sit back and say who am i what is this about and how do i fit in you know there's so many changes and i really hope people remember you know, because people tend to get out of the place and then say, huh, hey, I'm done. You know, no, 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 we're not done. We're going oh, no. forward in a really big way. Yeah. And I'm is. really excited that you are still creating, that you're not going to stop. You're not, you're never, you're never going to stop. It's not who you are. It's not who you're supposed to be. And you really are an old soul and your throwback to what, attracts you from the past you've lived them you know I tell people all the time like it's not random that you're attracted to you know the 1920s or the 1850s there's a reason you live yeah. then. and if you're bringing it through we're not supposed to quote unquote remember our past lives yet as a hypnotherapist you know I sometimes bring people to that place but it's about what what, why are we here now? What didn't we learn? And how do we go back and kind of look at what we did and how we did it or how the world was and where we are now? That's really important because it's all part of our makeup. And you're right. You cannot, you know, your children, it's their journey. It's so hard as a parent. It's so hard not to step onto that path and say, let me save you.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know.
0: do it. You know, yeah, but you I think know. about your parents, you know, and I think about my parents, you know, we had our journeys. We had to do it our way through the ups and the downs and the peptic ulcers and you know, in my case, you know, going the wrong way into business and suffering through that. We had to do it our way because that's what makes us who we are. And it makes us human and able to speak to people and it helps you write music from your heart.
1: Yeah. 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 And that's
0: what it's about. And we all thank you. Um, you know, I speak for millions, I'm sure, because what you do is so important. Again, music to me is so healing and it's our saving grace and it's how we connect universally. It's wonderful.
1: No, thank you. Anna. And right back at you. I got to say right back at you.
0: Well, thank you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, please like, share, and comment. And be sure to subscribe to our channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much, Alan. I so appreciate you coming on and all your words. And I just love you.
1: Thank you.